One of the worst injustices that occurs far too often is when a life is cruelly taken by another and the identity of the killer and the victim remains a mystery. The killer gets to live the rest of their life with no punishment for what they have done and the victim's families are unaware that somewhere, maybe hundreds of miles away, their loved one is unclaimed and without a name. There are so many Jane and John Doe's out there, all of whom deserve justice and to be brought home to rest in peace. But we have to get their stories out there and hope that some Someone, somewhere, will have the missing piece that detectives need to solve the puzzle. I wish I could cover all of these stories, but for now, let's uncover the unsolved murder of the Woodlawn Jane Doe. Hello and welcome to the 51st episode of Uncover True Crime Podcast. My name is Stephanie and each week we uncover a different unsolved true crime case, ranging from missing persons, unsolved murders, Jane and John Doe's and suspicious deaths. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other podcast streaming apps, as well as on YouTube by searching Uncover True Crime. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Uncover underscore pod, on Instagram at Uncover True Crime Pod, and you can join the Uncover True Crime discussion group on Facebook. But without any further ado, let's uncover the unsolved murder of the Woodlawn Jane Doe. On the 12th of September 1976, the body of a young female was found on the 5600th block of Dogwood Road near the Lorraine Park Cemetery in Baltimore, Maryland. As she was found in an area of Baltimore known as Woodlawn, she was nicknamed the Woodlawn Jane Doe, which is how I will be referring to her going forward. Even before her autopsy, it was clear by the way that she had been found that her death was no accident. Her hands were tied behind her back with medical bandages and her face was covered with two bandanas. One of the was dark blue and white with a paisley design and the other was black and orange that had holes cut out to reveal her eyes and nose. There was also a yellow fabric bag found over her head which had previously been used to store 25 pounds of lawn seed according to the writing on the bag. A few sources mentioned that a Ford Econoline was seen in the area of Dogwood Road around an hour before she was found. However, I was unable to access the original article where this piece of information came from and the other sources that mentioned it were Wikipedia and Unidentified Wiki, so please take this information with a grain of salt. After the crime scene had been investigated, her body body was transported to the medical examiner's office and police started to piece together the details surrounding her death and identity. The autopsy showed that her cause of death was asphyxiation after suffocating on a piece of cloth found stuffed down her throat. She had also been beaten up, sexually assaulted and manually strangled so her manner of death was listed as a homicide. There was male DNA on her body which is believed to belong to her rapist and possible murderer but as of the release of this episode police have not revealed if they have matched this DNA to anybody. Her blood was tested for any traces of drugs and it was found that she had a high amount of chlorpromazine in her system. Chlorpromazine, which is often referred to by brand names such as Thorazine and Lurgactyl, is an antipsychotic drug which is used to treat mental health conditions such as bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. I don't know exactly how much of this drug she had in her system or if they think she had been taking it for a prolonged period of time, but we will touch on this later in the theories section of the episode. Sources differ on how long Jane 
Endo had been in the area before she was discovered and on her approximate time of death. But since her autopsy photos have been released and she is recognisable with no signs of decomposition, I believe that she had only been dead for at most a few days before she was found and police are confident that she was murdered somewhere else. As I mentioned earlier, Jane Doe was recognisable when she was found, so police have a solid description of what she looked like in life. Namus have her potential age listed as somewhere between 15 to 30, however it is thought she is on the younger end of this range, likely in her teens or early 20s. Her race is unknown but she had an olive complexion. She was around 5 foot inches tall and weighed 158 pounds. She had shoulder length, dark brown wavy hair, pierced ears and a homemade tattoo on her upper right arm, which appeared to be initials of some sort. It is hard to make out exactly what the initials are, but here is a list of possibilities that it's thought to be. JP, JS, JD, JB, SP, SS, SD and SB. It is widely thought that the initials read JP, but again we will touch on this later in the theories. Jane Doe had clearly had access to dental care during her life as a few of her molars were extracted and she had a few fillings, but generally it appeared that she had good oral hygiene. Despite having been sexually assaulted, she was found fully dressed and was wearing a white short sleeves jumper, blue or beige Levi jeans, a white bra, multicoloured knee-high socks and was also sporting a necklace made out of leather with a light blue bead. There was also one light brown leather shoe with a twine shoelace found near her body, which is also thought to have been hers. Since her autopsy did not shed any light as to what her real name was or where she had come from, police started investigating her case unaware that it would still be unsolved over 40 years later. The cloth bag found over Jane Doe's head seemed like the police's best chance to try and establish where she had come from, and they discovered that the sales of this particular bag had been discontinued in 1974, two years before she was found. They also found out that it was only ever sold within five cities in Massachusetts, Greenfield, South Weymouth, Rochdale, Waltham and Lowell. If this is where she was from, she was a long way from home as Massachusetts is over 400 miles away from Maryland where she was discovered, which could explain why no one has come forward to claim her. Detectives on the scene where her body was found also found two keys in her pocket. One appeared to be a front door key and the other was a night latch key, otherwise known as a Yale lock key, which is basically just the type of lock bolted onto front doors. They were able to trace the locksmith where the key was made and it was based in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. So again, it seems like she had strong links to this state, but unfortunately this did not lead them to unlock her true identity. These were not the only two clues that led police to the base state though. Forensic experts conducted pollen tests on some of the items found on her and they found a very unique combination of mountain hemlock and cedar which are only found together in two parts of America, the New York Botanical Gardens and in the Arnold Arboretum in Boston, Massachusetts. Detective David Jacoby said that this development in the case was very significant and stated quote, I think there is someone out there that knows who she is. I think there's someone who knows who is responsible for disposing of her body. And with all that being said, let's get into the theories which, like all theories we discuss on this podcast, are all pure speculation. 
The first and most promising theory is that Jane Doe's real name was Jasmine or Yazzie for short and was from Jamaica Plains, which is a neighbourhood in Boston, Massachusetts. This would explain the pollen residue found on her and could potentially explain the JP tattoo on her right arm. This theory came from an anonymous tip given to the police by someone who claims to know her family. Yasmin's last name has not been released to the public, but she could have relatives with the last name of Blanca, Tito or Santana. Her family supposedly immigrated to America from either Puerto Rico or Colombia and possibly lived on Forbes Street in the Jamaica Plains area. Police were unable to trace the family to determine if Jane Doe was in fact Yasmin or if Yasmin is even a missing person, but it is very possible that they have since moved to another city, another state or possibly even back to their home country. If anyone listening to this knows this family or Yasmin and could possibly help detectives to locate them, please contact the police. I will have all necessary information in the description of this episode and I will, as always, list all the different contact methods at the end of this episode. Another theory is that the Woodlawn Jane Doe had previously been a patient at a psychiatric hospital or institution. As this is mentioned on her name as profile, it seems as though the police also believe that this is a strong possibility. The main reason why people believe this is because of the high amount of clopromazine found in her system and the medical tape that she was found bound with. As I mentioned earlier, I don't know exactly how much of this drug was found in her system or if it appeared as though she'd been taking it for a while, but I do think it's possible that she was drugged with clopromazine and that it was her killer that was prescribed it. We just don't know. One thing we do know is that 11 women have been ruled out as being the Woodlawn Jane Doe and they are as follows. Olga Mauger, who was last seen on the 17th of September 1934 in Fremont, Wyoming. Bertha Smith, last seen on the 1st of June 1944 in Maricopa, Arizona. Edna Kaminsky, last seen on the 1st of August 1944 in Queens, New York. Thelma Cobb, last seen on New Year's Day in 1946 in Knox, Indiana. Helen Stark, last seen on the 12th of January 1946 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Beverly Sharpman, last seen on the 11th of September 1947 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Floridine Walker, last seen on New Year's Day in 1951. Betty Roberts, last seen on the 6th of November 1959 in Baltimore, Maryland. Rhonda Labe, last seen on the 7th of August 1974 in Essex, Massachusetts. Jennifer Barton, last seen on the 16th of May 1976 in Travis, Texas. And finally, Maria Angera, last seen on the 12th of February 1976 in Norwalk, Connecticut. Woodlawn Jane Doe's case has been covered on America's Most Wanted and is also being investigated by the National Centre for Missing and Exploited Children, but her identity and that of her killer or killers still remains unknown. According to her Find a Grave page, her body was donated to medical science, but as I couldn't find a source for this, I think it is more likely that her body is being kept in the medical examiner's office until police uncover her real name and she can be laid to rest as per her family's request. Although it has been over 40 years since her discovery, recent developments in other Jane and John Doe cases prove that it is never too late to reunite these victims with their loved ones and finally give them the justice that they deserve. I'm now going to briefly go over Jane Doe's vital statistics. Woodlawn Jane Doe was found on the 5600th block of Dogwood Road near the Lorraine Park Cemetery in Baltimore, Maryland on the 12th of September 1976. 
She was likely between 15 to 20 years old at the time of her death, meaning that she was probably born somewhere between 1956 and 1961. She was 5 foot 8 inches tall, weighed 158 pounds, had wavy dark brown hair and brown eyes. Her ears were pierced and she had an amateur tattoo on her right arm. The tattoo is currently thought to read JP, but it could say either JS, JD, JB, SP, SS, SD or SP. Her blood type is O positive and her teeth were in good condition. According to the Doe Network, her first, second and third molars had been extracted and tooth 20 was rotated 20 degrees. When she was found, she was wearing a beige jersey, yellow or beige Levi corduroy trousers, a white bra, brown, grey and beige knee-high socks and light brown shoes which had twine used as laces and a string necklace with a blue bead on it. In her possession was also two keys, one is thought to be a night latch or a yield key and the other is a regular house key. If you have any information on the Woodlawn Jane Doe's murder or her identity, please contact the Baltimore County Police Department on 410-887-6162. All photos and sources related to this case can be found on our website, uncovertruecrimepodcast.co.uk. That is everything I have for you today. Thank you for listening till the very end. Please stay safe and have a good night.